So my, my, my challenge to you guys tonight is, and don't let this message be because the reason that you guys are here on this earth is twofold. One, love God. Two, love people. There's your purpose. You guys are like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There it is, right? God, love people. Done. What that looks like for you may look different for me, but that is ultimately all of our purpose is kind of exact thing. Love God, love people. So we got to love God with all of our heart, all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. But we also got to in turn do that towards people so that way they see the love of God in us. We are meant to go out into this world and share the good news. That is actually a commandment from Jesus. It says over here in Mark 16, out of uh, verse 15 through 16, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We're supposed to go into all of the world and, 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 and you guys were born and created on purpose for a purpose in this specific time, in this specific part of the time you guys were pointed and, 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 and handpicked for this hour. There are people that you are destined to reach that I cannot reach, that I can't talk to. I'm not in your school. I'm not in your house. I'm not at your bus stop. I'm not on your cul-de-sac. I'm not at the grocery store with you. I go to the grocery store by myself and I share when, I, when the moments come up, but, but you have your own call. You have your own set of people. And, and Jesus is saying that you need to go into the world and tell them what you've seen. Tell them what you know. You know, part of the vision for this, this church is raising up a generation of infants to adults to, to know him and to make him known. And what's beautiful and what's so amazing is you don't have to have it all figured out to make him known. You don't have to have yourself perfectly 100% baller Jesus freak to make him known. All it takes is what you do know what you do know about God. What, what has God done for you? What, what has God done for you specifically? That, that is what you can share. That, that is what you're supposed to do. I wanna go over here in the book of Luke chapter 19. It's a very familiar passage for a lot of people, but I believe we can all resonate and relate to it. It says over here in verse one out of chapter 19, it says, he, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he couldn't because he was small in stature. I love that the Bible calls him out and says that he was a short guy. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree just so he could see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stole and said to the Lord, behold, the Lord, half of all my goods, I'm gonna give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek 
and save after the loss. And John 14 talks about how we are supposed to do the same works as Jesus, but even greater works. And I don't know that we can do anything greater than the Jesus, you know what I mean? But greater can be more volume. You know, Jesus was on this earth for only a short three years. We've been blessed with however many days that we have, however many days you have breath in your lungs, you have opportunity to do greater works. Opportunity to do greater works. And and, and in this account, you know, Jesus went to this man Zacchaeus for a myriad of reasons, I'm sure, but it said that he had to hurry and come down. Hurry. Like, why would Jesus say hurry if it wasn't a rush? Like, Jesus doesn't just say things just to say things. The Bible is very specific with its words, and words have very specific meanings, and it's very purposeful. And so, if Jesus said hurry, then it must have been vital that Zacchaeus came down that instant and met with Jesus. Because I don't know, maybe that was the only opportunity that Jesus was ever going to come across this man's path. Or who knows, maybe this might've been the only opportunity for Zacchaeus to turn his life around. I don't know. We don't know that part of the story. But what we do know is that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Now, a lot of you might be like, I don't know anything about taxes. I don't care about taxes. Don't pay taxes. It's not that big a deal. It's whatever. One day you will hate taxes because they're awful. And well, I mean, they're not terrible. They're not great. They're not wonderful. It's adult stuff. Adult things are not fun. It's not awesome. But it's not the same. It's not like Zacchaeus is down at H&R Block doing your taxes. No, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And back in this time, the Roman Empire hired Jewish people to go and collect taxes from the other Jews. And they told these Jewish tax collectors, hey, you can go and collect taxes from your own people. This is our rate and you can collect anything else on top of that if you want. And in fact, a lot of tax collectors did do this at that time because that's how they made their money. That's how they made their living. So a lot of times tax collectors were seen as cheats, frauds, lowlifes, hypocrites, and awful people. A lot a lot of negatives right there. And, and they were, fra- you didn't want to be seen with a tax collector. You didn't hang out with tax collectors. This man, Zacchaeus, he, he, he was a tax collector. He was a short guy. And I'm sure that he, you know, he, he spent his money on lots of things to make himself seem a little bit more, you know, approachable. He seemed cooler. He had all the, the fanciest of robes, the nicest of shoes. He had some fancy rings. I don't know. He, 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 he had himself made up. He had everything material that he could ever need. He probably had the nicest camel or chariot. I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure. A good old wagon. You know what I mean? Like he had the fanciest of wagon wheels. They had the nicest of wooden spokes. You know, I don't know. But what I'm saying is he lacked for nothing in that area of his life. He didn't really need material wealth. He didn't need material riches. He didn't need that type of treasure. There was always something that he needed that he wasn't able to give for himself. His money could only do so much. His worldly actions, his own strength, his own mind could only do so much. And he'd spent so much time trying to make himself look better. You know, even in this this account, it said that like he couldn't find a way to see Jesus. So he took it upon himself and he climbed up a tree. He's very used to doing things in his own strength when things aren't going his way. And that's a lot like how the world lives their life. It's very me-focused. It's very me-minded. 
about what I need to do to be successful, so I can be self-made. I, you know, I, I made this of myself. I came from the ground up. That's the mentality of like, you gotta, you gotta grind. You gotta do this, and so that we can become something of yourself, so that we can finally be happy. And that's just not true. You know, true fulfillment, true joy, comes from being in the presence of God being the presence of your creator. When it said that he called Zacchaeus down, it said he came down joyfully. And it's just so interesting in those span of verses, you know, you don't, you don't really see a whole lot between seven and nine or so, uh, or maybe it was like eight, 17 and 19, or seven and nine. Yeah, seven, look at that. I had the, the, the verses memorized. Look at that. Between seven and nine, you don't really know what happens. And I think that, and I believe it's because Jesus, the word of God doesn't need to give you a script on how to get people in the presence of Jesus. You just got to share what you know. Because I believe wholeheartedly that when Jesus was in the presence of Zacchaeus, in the presence of Zacchaeus' home, they talked. Zacchaeus realized, oh, Jesus is actually taking time to get to know me. He's talking to me. He's asking me questions and seeing what I think about things and giving me some advice on certain areas of my life. And then at some point, somewhere in the conversation, Zacchaeus had a change of heart. And it said that he completely turned his life around. And you know he turned his life around because he said, I'm gonna give half my wealth to the poor. And if I've ever robbed anyone of anything, if I've ever frauded anybody, I'm gonna make sure that they get it back four times the amount that I ever stole. The presence of God makes people do some pretty wild things. The goodness of God really makes people do some really amazing things. The goodness of God, like it says in Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So when you reflect and you, you don't know what to say to people on how you're supposed to share things with them, you start to look internally and you say, oh, wow, he has been patient with me. Even when I have screwed up, even when I have said certain things, even when I've done certain things or I've been acting a certain way or, or maybe I've screwed up or maybe I've just not really been a nice person or not really been a very good light in this world, but yet God is still good to me. And, and if you believe that and it's true for your life, I, I hope and I pray that it causes you to live your life differently. The, the, the definition of repentance means to completely change your thoughts, to change your view, to change your perspective, to 180 and turn around. I heard one minister say to do a 360. And I was like, that's not true at all because that would mean you just have the same view. <laughs> You just look a little weird because you just spin. That's all. That's all it is. You're meant to do a 180. Like you're looking one way and now you're going another way. That is what the goodness of God does. You live your life in such a way. And then when Jesus comes into your life, it should cause you to change the way you think, act, believe, and speak. Amen. But why you? Why you? And I know you're thinking, why me? Why not you? 
over here in Proverbs 28, one, it says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. This is something I've been trying to pound into your brains for as long as I can think about for the year of 2022. You are now righteous children of the most high. You are now a righteous being. That's who you are. And do you know why lions are bold? Do you know why lions are confident in the jungle? Because more than likely, they are the biggest predator out there. They show no fear because they don't need to have fear because they know, at least in that situation, they're at the top of the food chain. Nothing can come against them. They have no fear. They have no doubt. They have so much confidence in who they are. They can walk up into any aspect of the jungle and know, I'm the king. You can't touch me. You can't do any, you can't rob this from me. As righteous people over here in Romans 5.1, it says, therefore we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. And over here in Romans 8.1, it says, there's there now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whew. You might've messed up. You might've done something stupid. You might've said some things that you shouldn't have said. Or hey, you know what? Maybe you just didn't take it as seriously you thought you should have. That's it. Maybe that was all it was. But God is so good. God is so merciful. There is there now no condemnation to those that believe. Your performance does not change the performance of Jesus Christ. What you have done does not change what Jesus has done for you. So you can walk with confidence knowing, hey, even though I messed up yesterday, tomorrow's a new day. Even though I messed up five minutes ago, I'm still righteous. God is still good to me. He still loves me, but I know what not to do in the future because of his goodness to me. Why not you? You are a, de- a direct representation of what Jesus has done. You are a result of the promise of God. You're a living, walking, breathing example of God's goodness. Amen. Amen. Over here in Matthew 5, another very familiar scripture, it says, over here in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. I want to stop right there for a second. I started thinking about salt and how, you know, who, who here likes food? Do you guys like food? Are you guys big food eaters? You know what I mean? Like you, like you, not just, you know, you enjoy eating food, but like food can sometimes be like an experience. You're like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to put my plate in front of you, make sure my sides over here, make sure my drink's nice and full, make sure I got a napkin all buttoned up in there. I'm ready to go. If you get the chance, oh, the chips. Yeah, you don't want to forget the chips. Don't forget the chips. You know, you're, you're just excited about it. But you, man, there's just nothing worse than when you get your food and you're like, this is bland. Like, there's no flavor in this. Like, what is this? Who cooked this? This is gross. And then you just hit it with a little bit of salt. And you're like, okay, that helped a little bit. 
might need some cayenne or some garlic or something else. But hey, salt is better than nothing. You know what I mean? Like salt at least like brightens the flavor. It brings things alive. You guys ever had like old leftovers and they kind of taste a little bit like, eh, but then you throw some salt on it and it brings some life back into it. Bring some life back into those day old leftovers. And that's who we are supposed to be in this world. There needs to be some life brought back into this world. And that's you as living righteous beings. You're meant to be salt of the earth. Everything that you encounter, everything that you touch should now be better because you've interacted with it. And the reason that it's better because you've interacted with it is because of what Jesus has done for you and who lives on the inside of you. You can have confidence and boldness knowing that you are worthy of bringing salt into the world. This world, it needs your salt. This world, it needs the light that you have living on within you. Jesus is the light. Like I believe it says in John, I wanna say it's eight, I don't know, but that you can look me up and you guys can let me know later. In John eight, I believe it says that Jesus is the light of the world. and, And therefore you don't have to worry about the darkness because he is the light of the world. It overcomes the darkness. So any dark thing that you come against, you can now overcome it. You have the authority in the right, because you are now a righteous being of God. Amen. Don't let this generation miss out on hearing the good news just because you think you're not worthy of sharing it. Don't let your friends miss out on hearing about the goodness of God just because you think that you're not worthy of sharing it. That thought in your mind That's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the devil. God saw you as worth it. God saw you as valuable. So Jesus died for you. And if you're valuable and if you're worth it, your friends are worth it too. So I charge you and I challenge you, go, be the salt, be the light. Share with people what you know, what has God done for you? Did he give you breath in your lungs today? Did you have a place to sleep last night? Did you even have gas in your car today? Were you able to eat today? Did you recognize and acknowledge that you're saved today? God has done so much for you. Share what he's done for you. And his goodness will lead others to repentance. Amen. Amen. I wanna pray for you guys real fast. Father God, I just thank you for every single heart in this place, Lord. I thank you for what they've been called to do. I thank you, Lord, that you give them confidence, that you give them boldness to go out into this world just like a lion, knowing that they're in good standing with you. Knowing that the same story that Jesus did for them can be the same for someone else too. Give them boldness to share. Give them strength to share the love that's on the inside of them. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name.